Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only live once. Unless you're James Bond, in which case you only live twice. But what about our guest Alicia? who's clocked in at least seven lives in the last several decades. We sat down and chat with another podcaster about the moment that changed her life, how she interacted with those on the other side of existence, and how she returned. Let's hear her story today on Homespun Haints. Hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And today on the show, we're so excited to have Alicia from Trashy Divorces. And she's also got other podcast projects going on, which we're going to hear all about when she comes on. But I am super excited to talk to her for so many reasons. She's awesome. She's super nice. I love her show that she runs with her wife, Stacy. It is so much fun. If you haven't listened to Trashy Divorces, go listen to it. You're going to love it. Even if you don't think you want to have anything to do with gossip or celebrities or breakup stories, they do such a fabulous job with it. I can't say enough good things about it. It's just a great show. Okay, I'm fangirl enough here. Hi, Diana. How you doing? <laughs> just, just like you love our show, even though you hate spooky things, because we're such good storytellers, right? Oh, wait. No, you don't hate spooky things. Just kidding. <laughs> we know you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Diana, speaking of people, a uh, fangirl all over. I had a I had a total embarrassing fangirl moment the other day. <laughs> embarrassing. That's the best kind. Yeah, yeah. So a friend of mine was throwing a birthday party for her kids and my kids were there. And it just so happens that her sister's mother-in-law is a local celebrity. She runs a show on our NPR station here. And everybody who lives in Atlanta who has ever listened to public radio in this area has heard her voice because she's on every day. She's just kind of an icon of Atlanta. And she happened to be there at this birthday party. Cool. Yeah. So I was stoked. And of course, I didn't even know who she was. My husband had no idea. He was like carrying on all sorts of conversations with this woman. And as she's turning to go, my friend waves and calls her by name. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's her. Go introduce me. Go introduce me. You know, like a total fangirl, right? 
because this is a totally appropriate at a children's birthday party. So she does. My friend grabs me by the arm and takes me over to this celebrity that she's actually related to and says, oh, I want you to meet my friend Becky. And this woman, she was very sweet, but she looked me up and down. She's like, oh, hi. Yeah, I noticed you because of what you were wearing. And that's when mm-hmm. I realized how I was dressed. Uh-oh. Now, this was an outdoor was- birthday party. Is this like the the full full moon, blood moon, flower moon outfit that you had? It's close. So it was a hand-me-down dress that somebody had given me because they didn't want to wear it. It was like a polyester sheath that is printed all over with all the stars. And the whole dress is like a galaxy. um, Like a nebula. Yeah, like nebula. Yeah, it's like a big nebula. Yeah, it's like a purple weird, nebula. Yeah, it's a weird dress. And of course, Dude, I you mean, just look like you shop at Hot Topic. It, that was no. a normal outfit. It no? gets better. I'm oh, 43 okay. years old. It gets better. Okay, so <laughs> it's hot. It's hot, right? So I'm wearing this and I'm wearing biker shorts underneath. Yeah. And then because it's basically like wearing a polyester sack, I was like, oh, I need to put a belt on or something so I don't look terrible. But I couldn't find a belt. So I had just strapped a chain around my waist. Oh, okay. So I have this chain jangling around my waist. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm not going to wear nice shoes because the birthday party was at a farm. So I had some slip-on checkered vans, which didn't match at all. But the real kicker, and I realized as she's looking me up and down and looks up and says, oh, nice hats. I had put on just a cheapy wide-brimmed paper hat that I had bought at a beach shack in Miami. POS hats falling apart. But my daughter had brought a hat too that had Baby Yoda on it, but she didn't want to wear it anymore. So I had the Baby Yoda hat on top of the wide-brimmed hat, (laughs) wearing this galaxy dress with a chain wrapped around it in my (laughs) checkered. And she just kind of she just kind of kept looking up and down at me like, that's an interesting (laughs) hat. That's Okay, and I'm and I of course all I could say at this point I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, I don't usually dress like this. <laughs> That's all that came out. She's like, No, it's very distinctive. I noticed you right away, and I was like, I love your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then we oh, both no. just slowly backed away, and I was like, Crap. <laughs> That was great. That was that was awesome. That's uh, that's how I need to meet every celebrity. <laughs> you know, I think you vastly raised her chances of talking about you on the radio. So <laughs> that's it'll true. happen someday. This one woman I met with the with the two hats that didn't match and wrapped around a chain. I would love to be on her show. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, Becky, we have to we have to come up with a plan for next time this happens, so you're not so taken off guard, so that you have a witty retort. Because where's a witty comeback when you need one, really? So I say next time you find yourself in the situation where you're meeting a celebrity, introduced to your celebrity crush, and then they say. I noticed you because of what you're wearing. You can say, it's part of a flash mob. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to join? (laughs) But what if they say yes? If they say yes, you literally make up anything on the spot because you're about to get filmed with a celebrity doing a flash mob. Just make something up. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a flash mob of two, you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn to them afterwards and be like, that was great. Thank you for joining. I don't know why everybody else didn't show up. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess I was definitely memorable. It just kind of <laughs> reminds me of that whole adage that I'm sure your mom said to you. My mom always said to me, like, always make sure you have clean underwear on because you never know when you're going to get killed in a car wreck and you want to make sure that you're not in the coroner's office wearing dirty underwear. Right. Because that's what people care about. But this that's is, what this people is care about. Women. But, you know, I had, <laughs> I had her voice in my head saying, always dress nice. You never know who you're going to run into. Oh. <laughs> Well, there's nothing not nice about wearing a chain belt and two hats. Sounds like you look pretty cute. That's very sweet of you. Anyway, (laughs) shall we bring on Alicia before I share any more embarrassing stories with you, Diana? Because I had a bunch this past week. It sounds like a plan. Just don't fangirl all over her. (laughs) She may not like your hats. Nah, Alicia's awesome. She's awesome. I don't think she has a negative bone in her body. She's just so cool. And you're going to love listening to her story because this story is definitely going to give you pause. It's going to make you question everything you think you know about life and death and love. But before we can bring on Alicia. (laughs) What do we have? What do we have? What do we have? What do we have? We have some patrons to give a shout out to. I'm so excited. Wow. This is just the best. This is just the best. I love I love this part. So we got two new patrons. Her name's Kristen, but the shipping address is Darian. So you know what? I'm just going to say Kristen and Darian because both names are on the thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being our patron. We really, really appreciate it. And then... We also want to give a shout out to Katie of the Bittersweet Life podcast, who also just joined our Patreon. And they have a podcast where they're basically expats in Rome talking all about what it's like to be there. And in addition to our two wonderful new patrons, we love you. Thank you so much. We also have an upgrade from Nick, who just upgraded his tier. So I want to make sure he gets some recognition for that. Nick's been with us for a while. He even owns one of our cool spooky AF mugs. Ah, That's how awesome he is. So thank you, Nick. <laughs> or how spooky he is. <laughs> so thrilled that we have our growing Patreon. This is how we're able to bring you so much wonderful content. And patrons receive all of these episodes Plus bonus episodes completely ad-free. It's a good thing to go join that Patreon if you don't want to hear ads. But if you do want to hear ads, right? here's one for you. Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby Normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head. 
character image. Instead of going, <laughs> my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that to you. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here. So we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. <gasps> it's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! He frantically looked around the back seat for something to soak up the two beers he had consumed earlier that evening, but found nothing. That is when a second idea formed in David's mind. He quickly and aggressively ripped out the crotch of his underwear and shoved the cloth deep into his mouth. As he began to chew, he felt a huge sense of defeat. There was no way he would be able to stomach that butt cloth he had partied in all... Didn't that story just shake you to the core? Would you like to hear more? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Trevin. And I'm Amanda. And we're the hosts of Seriously Sinister, a true petty crime podcast. Each week, we take a dramatic dive into real-life petty crimes. They may make you laugh or cry, but they won't be like any other true crime stories you've heard. Follow Seriously Sinister wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Today on the show, we are so thrilled to have Alicia. She is the co-host of Trashy Divorces, which she hosts along with her wife, Stacey. It is a good podcast about bad relationships, and it is so incredibly popular. I 
absolutely love every episode they put out. It is so much fun to listen to. Highly recommend. They are also local Atlantans like myself. Alicia also has another podcast, Done and Done. That's D-O-N-E and D-U-N-N-E. Not John Dunn, but the other Dunn. <laughs> John Gregory Dunn's brother, Dominic Dunn, who created his third act in his career by writing about true crime and high society. He's the guy you see in the glasses in the front row of every high society trial in the 90s and 2000s. So it's a whole podcast about his life's work, all the spider webs, all the connections. It's kind of where high society and true crime intersect. Cool. (laughs) I love how niche that is, but... I'm sure there's so much, so much content to draw from. So Alicia, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are a podcasting powerhouse. I am just delighted to know you. You are so much fun to talk to. I think everyone is going to love hearing your stories today. Before we launch into your very interesting story... Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we already talked a little bit about Trashy Divorces and Done and Done, but if there's anything more you'd like to say about them and where people can find out more about you and what you're up to, please launch ahead. Sure thing. So first up, thanks so much for inviting me on today. I do have a, I hope a pretty good story that will delight or enchant or amaze or captivate your listeners in some way. Hey, friends, I am Alicia, co-host of Trashy Divorces, Done and Done. I'm a pet mom. I have an adorable 12-year-old Yorkshire Terrier named Ruby Tallulah. And I have two cats on the inside. I'm feeding a colony of feral cats on the outside. (laughs) The sad thing about that is I think all those cats really have homes, and they just come hang out with me in the day for snacks. They're pretending to be homeless. They all have names. I've named them all, but I would be tempted to put a GoPro on my feral quote unquote kittens just to see the homes they go to once they leave my house demanding food. <laughs> Between podcasting and pets, that's that's about me in a nutshell. Awesome. What a well, life. Well, before you podcasted years and years ago, you had a life-changing experience, which I guess is kind of punny in itself, too. And I know you haven't told this story in too many places, so we are excited that you are telling it to us now. And I'm not going to say anything about it. I would like you to just start at the beginning and give us some insight into what really happens on the other side. Okay. So, goodness, I am 25 years in, so this year I am celebrating my 25th anniversary of being alive again, which is kind of remarkable and pretty great. I don't knock it. Back in February of 1997, I was on a little bit of a vacation with my girlfriend at the time. We had gone down to Florida to visit sets of relatives on both our sides. The remarkable thing, I had just started a new gig and I'd completed my 90 days. So I had health insurance that had just kicked in before I took that vacation, three days before. That poor insurance company really didn't know what it was getting into. We go on vacation, been working hard at the job, visiting relatives, take off from Tampa, Florida, And my sweet grandmother has packed a cooler of sandwiches and sodas for us to drive home in my little Toyota Corolla. 
My girlfriend went in the back seat to get a sandwich out of the cooler. And instead of turning herself around on the dashboard, she hit the steering wheel instead. The unfortunate part about that is we were going about 70 miles an hour on 75 North. That momentum took the car. We fishtailed. We spiraled. We flipped six and a half times over 75 North across the median and across 75 southbound lanes to end up on the other side of the interstate. The passenger in the car with me flew out of the back window at the first half turn because she had been unseat belted in order to turn around and get a sandwich out of the cooler. I somehow proceeded to end up with half of me, the left side of me, outside the driver's side window, the right side of me in the car. So every time the car flipped, the left side of me got crushed six and a half times. It's a terrible accident. Terrible, terrible accident. I recall sort of coming to for a terrible accident. I guess I should preface this with how lucky I am to have two legs to walk on, a brain to think with, and I can go to the bathroom without help. Oh, yeah. There was a time period that I should not have any of those things. I come briefly to, and thank God for the transportation trucker people on the interstate at that point, because they CB'd in upon seeing the accident to send a helicopter, not an ambulance. They knew the accident was that severe. So I come to, I have a guy standing over me. I'll never forget this guy's face with a, I'd rather be fishing cap on. And I remember seeing the tire spinning and being kind of curious at what I was doing underneath the car. I am life flighted. It's the only helicopter ride I've ever taken, and I barely remember it. But I do remember coming to and seeing this magnificent, wonderful coach bag I had gotten for Christmas at the end of the bench. And the last thing I really recall thinking was, at least they know who I am. They'll have my license so they can call my parents when I'm dead, <laughs> which is really about what it was. So life flighted. I am rushed to the Orlando Regional Medical Center. My parents are called here back in Atlanta. My mother, God bless her, grabs her purse from work and gets on a plane. She does not have a pair of underwear. She does not have a toothbrush. She just goes. And my father knows that it's very upsetting because when the hospital is called. They have not used my name, Alicia. That's my middle name. It's a name I've always gone by, but it's nowhere close to my first name. And when they called my parents, they used my first name. So my dad knows she's not talking, which is unusual for me because I've been talking since I was six months old. From this part, this sort of gets into the near-death experience part. So I am life flighted. I am taken in for about 30 hours of surgery, all told at the end of the day, six skull fractures, head trauma, fluid on the brain. I have broken just about every bone on the left side of my body, including my femur. The emergency room doctor that is working that day in the Orlando Regional Medical Center has just the week before received his final patent on a rod specifically made for my kind of femur break. 
premier orthopedic surgeon in the Southeast. And he's like, this is a great idea. We're going to put this rod in and the 30 hours of surgery while we're trying to keep this kid alive. But we'll tell my parents that he has booked an operating room for like three days out to amputate my leg. They don't think that the wound's ever going to be clean enough. Like it's, it's, very, it's bad. But he wants to go ahead and test the rod anyway. Let's go ahead and put it in. But we know what we're doing in three days. I have no idea any of this is happening. The parent conversations, the hospital conversations, because I'm 30 hours in surgery, going through something very different. So this is the part you probably want to hear about. Near-death experience. What happens when you have them? I've had six, seven, six, seven. I guess I came back six times coming back from one, but I've had seven. Holy cats. Okay. This is what happens. Where they tell you, when you hear people talking about having a near-death experience and all the white light and the tunnel, and there's a lot of imagery that does stay very much the same. I can tell you in my experience, this is what happened. All the lights are there, and I wish I could explain the color spectrum versus iridescentness of the lights that I saw. But you're surrounded in light. You're surrounded in a thousand kind of lights. But the thing that I knew, most assuredly, without having any way to know that I knew this, each one of those lights was a soul. Each one of those lights was a spirit, an energy. And I knew every one of those lights, even if I didn't know them in this time frame. It was very much a jubilee. It was, hey, welcome. We love you. We're here for you. It was the best feeling I've ever felt, better than sex, better than drugs. I mean, not that I'm, you know, encouraging any kind of, but, you know, like you have the things that you like to do that make you feel wild and free, that you think make you feel good. Best feeling I've ever had, not that I'm in any kind of rush to recreate it, but I got there and I know everyone and it is just like, it's a party just for you. And everyone is so happy to see you. And then after all of this happiness to see me, they sent me back and they said, go back. It's not your time. You're not meant to be here yet. So there was a number of flatlining near death amount to be resuscitated. And this happens a number of times over this 30 hour period that I'm in surgery because I just kept wanting to go back to that feeling. This is the nicest place I've ever been. Everyone knows me here. Everyone loves me. I know everyone. People weren't in their physical bodies. People were that light. They were spirit. They were energy. They were aura. But so was I. I wasn't in my physical body. And I kept going back and they kept telling me it wasn't my time yet for me to be there. And turning me back around and shuffling me back down away from all that glorious, abundant light magic happening on the other side. After six of these, I was in a coma for a little while. I stayed in the hospital about six months. I had to learn how to walk again, how to talk again. There was a lot of occupational therapy. 
Again, very lucky that I have two legs that I can use. I will never take that for granted. I really enjoy being able to go to the bathroom unassisted. It is remarkable for the amount of head trauma that I sustain that I have a job in communications. So none of that was without intensive work for a number of years within physical therapy, occupational therapy, mental therapy. I learned how to play guitar as an occupational therapy technique. Coming back from a near-death experience, whoa, it'll change your life. If you weren't psychic before, you will be after. I was psychic before, and I most certainly am now. Not that I go around and tell people like, oh, by the way, let me tell you about what's going to happen to you today at the grocery store. However, if you're going to go hiking, and it's probably a bad day for you to go hiking, I may say you may want to wait a day. Like I try not to interfere with anybody else's path, but it does leave you with some kind of touchstone to something ethereal, something undefinable. And I can only define it the way that I have viewed this experience. In regard to what that experience taught me, we do not have a day to fuck around. It really does, at least to me, change the way I live my life at 24. Man, I was lost. I was in a terrible relationship. I mean, at 25, you're trying to get yourself together, right? Very far away from the core of who I knew I was supposed to be. It makes you live your life differently to where I get today. That's it. Can't do a thing about yesterday. Tomorrow's no guarantee, but I get today. So if I get 24 hours, God willing, today, how do I spend my spirit well? How do I use my time and energy in the most effective way possible? You don't have a single second to waste. And that's kind of the way I've been going for 25 years. Uh, There's just no time to fuck around when you've been dead. I think I'm under some kind of weird responsibility to that whole battalion of light that led me back. You're not done. But it will place an awful lot of responsibility, or I put a lot of responsibility on myself. Like, what is it? I kept coming back. What's the one thing I'm supposed to be back here for? It wasn't my time yet, but what's that one thing that's going to make it my time? And it really will kind of boggle your brain. Is it a tiny thing? Is it a big thing? Is it helping that lady pick up her cane that I saw her drop the other day? Could it be that small? Or is it something remarkable and big? It's a lot of pressure. Tend not to think about that part of it too much, but instead choose to spend my spirit well on a daily basis. I just love your your very careful and thoughtful summary there. How have things changed for you? You said that you were psychic before. But now it's like a psychic overdrive. Can you describe what that looks like? Is it almost like you can kind of see this web of possibilities before you? I've heard people say it looks like a string. You can sort of see which which direction people are going and how to avoid different things. Or is it just flashes you get? Or is it something you don't even want to talk about? Like, I'm just curious what this is like for you. It's feelings. I mean, I tend not, I mean, I honestly believe people are people 
and people are going to do what they want to do. So I don't interfere in much, but there are feelings I get that I know how the outcome of something is going to play out before it happens. One of the interesting things that happened, if you have a near-death experience, you actually get a dual birth chart. I was born back forever ago under the Leo sign. And in the car accident, I am now an Aquarius as my sun sign. And one of the most, whoa, whoa, one of the most remarkable things that happened, I will always shout out my friend, Astrology with Andy. He is fantastic. I went to him because we are in 25 years post-accident. And one of the things I've really struggled with is looking at my original birth chart and looking at my revised birth chart and trying to reconcile the two of them together. So a number of months ago, I reached out to him and bless his heart. He's like, I've never really quite done a reading like this. So let's talk about what you're trying to ascertain. And I did. And it was the most remarkable thing that's ever happened to me. If you look at my original birth chart and my accident birth chart, You can fold them in half and they're equal and opposite. And the thing that he sent that just sent chills into me. So my original, I I don't, it's hard to explain because I know y'all are all listening. So my original son is a Leo. My new son is an Aquarius. My original moon was a Cancer. My new moon is a Capricorn. But each of those are directly across and within four degrees of each other. And the thing that he said that really floored me, he's like, on this day, you advanced six lifetimes. Whoa. What a I'm number. Like, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I did do that. I, I did do that. But how do you know that? That was, it was really incredible. He was like, this day made you live and experience six different lives to get over to this side. So it will change you. Maybe it's star charts. Maybe it's the moons and the suns and the planet. Maybe it's a different drive, a different will, a different way that that experience molds and shapes you. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, my life is completely different. There's no time to waste. There's no dilly-dallying. And again, a lot of head trauma. I had to relearn how to think. I became an obsessive list maker how do you get your brain to function again? So I have an interesting question. If you've advanced six lifetimes, basically, are you absolutely certain that you are the same person, like the same soul that you were before the accident happened? I mean, I know you have the memories and everything, but... No, I don't. I don't. I don't remember anything after about 17. From 17 to 24, I got about nothing. Really? Zero. Oh, no. What was odd, though, I went back to that job and I knew the keystrokes because we were working in a billing system and I knew that control shift M did this and control shift B did this. But I couldn't tell you my coworkers names who sat next to me. So, no, I, I don't remember a lot of things. It's interesting. Friends of mine who were friends before and friends after even my family will say, yeah, you're, you've changed. The core of you is still the same. I still had 25 years of that life pre-accident. I am on the back half of that 25 years now post-accident. 
So I think this year for me has almost been evening the two out. Does that make sense? I've lived half my life as one person. I've lived half of my life as a changed person from that experience. My goal in manifestation this year is to blend those two halves into a whole, to not feel quite as disparate. So almost when you came back and you got your new birth chart, you are now two souls or two different people, or would you consider your old self to have died and, and no longer be present? No, the two, the two holes have synthesized into one. I'm one person. I'm blended. I think for me, it's embracing how those two blend. Because for a long time, it was just, you're lucky to be alive. That's what I heard like just for years and years. You're just lucky to be alive. And so this pressure of, well, hell, I'm alive. What do I do now? And I guess I've stayed alive long enough. It's how do you integrate those two halves of a life into kind of a whole part coming together? I know it sounds so hokey-dokey-flaky-wakey, but (laughs) it's odd to, if any of your listeners have been in this experience or had something similar, they may be able to understand kind of how hard it is to encapsulate and define because it changes every day. You're still in tune with something in the universe that is so much larger than you. It makes you very aware of the people and the feelings and the emotions around you. You get super sensitive to politics to feelings, to the vulnerable, to the disadvantaged. So it sounds like you're maybe even more tapped into the collective unconscious in a way now. 100%. Yes. So in all of these things that you pick up, do you ever see ghosts or other forms of, I don't know, entities that you may not have seen Yeah, just is it only precognizance or is it also some of the clairs that you experience? It's both. I feel them more than I see them. Sometimes it's an invisible presence. A cardinal will come in my yard, but I know exactly who that cardinal is representing. Whether it be my grandfather or grandmother or a friend who's passed or anyone, I I know who that spirit is. It's a feeling. Now, what's weird is when they interact with me. I paint also in all of my free time. And was painting one day, and a Bob Marley song came on, which is one of the favorite artists of a friend of mine who has passed away. And I got pushed by her. Not pushed in a dangerous way, but just like a, hey, I'm here. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes it's an interaction. It's always a blessing from whatever cosmos takes care of us. It's never anything terrifying. It is always one of those things that sort of makes my heart smile. I get to connect to something otherworldly. My old apartment was an eight-unit building out in Decatur, and each one of us in our own units, the building was about 80 years old, had our own ghosts. So we got used to our own ghosts. My ghost was a little bit playful, So, you know, those trash cans that have the flippable lid on them that will rotate around. (laughs) My ghosts like to just flip that. I don't know, a few times a day just for fun. It didn't bug me. Like, I got it. I made (laughs) friends with my ghost. But people would come over to my house and just during a dinner party, the 
ghost flips the lid a few times. And they're like, what was, I'm like, oh, that's the ghost. The terrible day was the day the landlord came and replaced out all of our windows for a better window for the winter season or whatever. She had two work crews. So there were no windows on the front, the back or the sides of the building. So everybody's ghosts moved. Uh Uh-oh. Whoa. Uh Uh-oh is right. (laughs) So, oh God. (laughs) I didn't know windows would hold back ghosts. Well, it was just free. The whole building was free. There was also construction happening on the site next door on these particular two days where they were tearing down a house. So here you have our building with no windows, another apartment building on the other side going down. So all the ghosts that had been residing in our building all changed rooms. Plus there was a lot of open space for the ghosts from that old place to come to our place. Oh my. There were a lot of community meetings with our neighbors in the parking lot trying to figure out whose ghost is where. From this experience, do you feel more of a connection and empathy with other humans who are living in this plane after that? Yes. Yes. All the time. Okay. All the time. Yes. Yes. Every day I wake up in an abundance of gratitude. For the opportunity to manifest today into whatever it's going to be. I am so privileged to have seen that insight, at least how it portrayed through my experience. We have no other use here on earth than to be kind to each other. And we all succeed together or we go down alone. We're all here for each other. And until we get that every one of us is connected into this universal family, no matter how much you may hate your brother and the person you're fighting against, until you get that we are all intricately connected in this unexplainable, magical human family, we survive and thrive together or we perish alone. I love that. Amen. That's amazing. it. it. It must be so nice having a a podcast where you talk about trashy divorces because you're one of the few people who can say, yes, people change. People do change. <laughs> uh, people go through all kinds of stuff and trashy divorces, man, who doesn't love a trashy divorce? And believe it or not, it makes a lot of listeners feel better about their own trashy divorce. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> we get a lot of those letters. I thought mine was bad, but whoa. <laughs> fun oh i love your (laughs) viewpoint yeah alicia this has been such a joy to talk to you i am so excited that you came on the show and were willing to share this very intimate and unusual story with our listeners i think they're just gonna love it your website is trashydivorces.com and then done and done does that have a website as well it does done and (laughs) done.com easy peasy (laughs) And remember that the second done is spelled Mm D-U-N-N-E. And we're on social for all. We are a two-person podcasting operation and having a glorious time with it. Thanks so much for having me today. It was just a lot of fun. Thanks so much. 
Thank Thank you. you. We will include links to all of your socials and your podcasts, and also a link to Hemlock Creatives in our show notes. And while you're looking up Alicia, please also check us out at Homespun Haints on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, and Facebook, and then also our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash homespunhaints, where occasionally we put up some really interesting mockumentaries. So be sure you check that out. This has been so gratifying. I see you (laughs) and I like you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks again so much for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. We love you guys so much from Trashy Divorces headquarters around here. Thank you. Awesome. I feel bad for saying my tagline because I'm just so full of joy right now. But I think anyway, no matter what I do, I'm probably going to have a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kilimnik and Diana Doty and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kilimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.